Live from the Coachella Valley, time for another hour of the desert scene, art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And welcome to the Culture Corner. Well, we're in Palm Springs and it's summer and it's hot as heck out there. Oh, How you yes. doing, Brian? <laughs> I'm trying to survive. My mechanic has my car with the AC, so I have to drive the other car that doesn't have AC. And uh, I, I was I used to believe that as long as the windows were down, that that was sufficient. But I realized staying at home with the AC on and yeah. then getting so used to that does not yeah, when work. it's 115 16 <laughs> 17 18 the windows down not gonna help too much yeah no definitely not and i told uh my mother who owns that car because she's letting me borrow it i told her you know what after i get my car back we're gonna get this car fixed yeah. because we i cannot let you <laughs> have yeah. this but i feel so bad because you have to drive this car around and my father who works at, who works mostly outside He's so unbothered by it. Like, he drives the car. His truck has AC. Yeah. Does not drive it with the AC. He's like, I just don't want to drive it with the AC on. I'm like, "Um, are you? He's like, I just don't need it. I'm fine. I'm like, see, I like the power suggestion he has. Maybe he's fine. (laughs) And it's only like the middle of what, you know, middle of June. So we still got July and August to go. So, you know, this is not going to (laughs) be the last week that's going to be like this. So, no, I agree. But you know what? At least the coldness lasted a bit longer than usual it did so this is our punishment for enjoying that (laughs) (laughs) we were told you know what you enjoyed that cold weather too much enjoy it now so we're gonna hit you with that heat all right we got a lot of news so what's what's in the news so honest so things have reopened yeah so i wanted to get your thoughts on that how do you feel about it because i know you've been you've gone to some events yeah i i did i went to aj's on the green the other night because this is last night for lee love it a lot of people there but it's great and musicians and i sang and then i went to a little uh thing at the purple room the other evening um was book signing for david perry and it was small i mean there were maybe maybe 20 people there i mean it wasn't big oh no but you know a little caught and it was it's great to just sit and chat with people yeah without masks it really was and you know it's so funny we uh, talked to a number of people about this and a lot of people agree with me i was uh, when i was sitting there first at aj's and then the other thing in some ways it feels like it's been a long time and in other ways and otherwise i feel like like we all went trip to mars for two days and we came back i mean in some ways it feels short it just feels like we were in another universe and then we came back it's right. weird i don't know i, I always kind of thought of it as the i call it being pre- preoccupied the sort mm-hmm. of idea that you're always thinking about the virus or the election so you had all these things to think about that by the time that the vaccines came you start thinking about that and then now it's like wait a minute i it that whole year passed by really quickly yeah yeah and at the same time it does feel like i don't know how to put it but it feels like a long journey mm-hmm. but it also feels like it was a long journey yesterday it's, i don't uh, yeah that's what i'm saying it's just weird <laughs> it's you have that dual feeling about the whole thing and so for me like i've been going to the movies more often so i've, I've seen a couple movies and for the most part you know i was quite comfortable being in the movie theater without mm-hmm. my mask for brief periods of time and i feel like it's so relaxing to just feel normal for once Mm -hmm. and and i don't feel so afraid anymore and it's just so 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 rejuvenating like Mm -hmm. you just feel like you're back to normal a little bit but you know i always try to be careful but i think at this point coming back to normal i don't know i'll hopefully we're the right step forward and that things 
just go up from here. So hopefully as long as people take care of themselves and are making smart decisions, then we can start feeling as normal as yeah, it is. Yeah, but I just hope that, I mean, it's, yes, it's wonderful. It feels great. But, you know, I, I still hope people, um, it's still, I mean, you need to take this one step at a time, one step at a time. There's still people out there who are sick. There's still people out there. Now, now there's a new variant, you know, different v- venues, different. It's, uh, the a business still has the right as a business. If okay. they want to say, if you're coming into my business, you have to work. And that's their choice. And so if you don't like that, don't go to their business. So you still, I mean, it's, we're still, it's not like. Everything's a thousand percent normal like it was, you know, two years ago. So you have to take it step by step. You're right. Stay, stay healthy. Take care of yourself. Be respectful of other people's opinions, other people's health, and the decision of a, an individual business. You're still seeing stuff. I saw something the other day in the news. Some Somebody got shot and killed at some store over a mask uh, argument. And it's like, you know, it's not worth that. My gosh. And, you know, I always said to myself that sometimes... Um, you know things go crazy when someone shoots another person just for wearing a mask or for the chicken burger last uh, two years ago when that Popeye's burger came out and everyone this woman shot another person in line which I mean seriously <laughs> you've got some serious issues that need some major therapy if you're going to shoot and kill someone over a stupid sandwich or a mask uh, agreed and I think you pointed out something that I really find that no one's really talked about which is the right of businesses and theater venues and movie theater venues because for me i i still will always respect what a business wants me to do like i go to walmart put on a mask like Mm -hmm. but if a theater venue gives me more freedom then of course you know maybe i'll take off my mask while drinking something you know and but i mean and the people that think about it almost every store in the universe unless it's on the beach and even some of them say no shirt no shoes no service they have the right to say that just as they have the right to say no mask no service it's their right as a business to decide what happens inside their doors no and i agree with that so i I'm, i'm glad that we're at a point where things are a little bit more i think funny enough ironically the people who were against masks you know this is their time to actually kind of realize that their point they eventually got to the point that they wanted where it's now more of an individual choice and mm-hmm. like people who are vaccinated, you know, who choose to get vaccinated now have more, you know, leeway to do stuff. So I'm always very uh, personally, like I'm glad that we're at the point where businesses now have the freedom to do so. And I'm glad a lot of businesses are still mm-hmm. u- using the mask mandate for themselves yep. and that it's no longer nobody has. It's no longer the talking point of it being government overreach is over. Mm. So now, you know, if you're not into masks, I get it. It's hot outside. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to wear one. Mm. But, you know, do research on businesses that right. may be able to accommodate that for you. So I'm not saying that you're necessarily right or wrong for not wanting to wear a mask in the heat. I mm-hmm. get that. But just be sure to, you know, do business with a business that will accommodate that for you. Like whether or not you get to sit outside with the mist, you know, something like that. Exactly. And people, you know, it's interesting, this whole thing, well, I think it started before the COVID, but we won't get into that. But there's some people who um, just have this mistaken belief that their personal opinion and their personal rights take precedence over everything else. Guess what? It doesn't, no. you know, it, a business and you, you, if you can stand there and scream at the outside the door of a business all you want, it's their right. So go somewhere else. 
Mm-hmm. You don't like it? Go somewhere else. Do not go in the door and start screaming at the manager and or shoot the clerk because they're telling you to wear a mask in a private business where they have the Agreed. right to say that. And of course, you have your social media to always give a review or something like that up to you, you know? Absolutely. And talking about opinions, this upcoming Sunday is the um, unveiling of Marilyn Monroe, the Marilyn mm-hmm. Monroe statue in Palm Springs. It's come back. It's come back and it's going to be taking, it's going to be over in Palm Springs. So, you know, uh, I th- from what I remember, it's, I don't know the exact spot, but it's kind of near. Is it, now it's still, so it's still near the Palm Springs Art Museum, correct? Yes. Is it kind of like next to it or behind it? I'm trying to remember exactly where. It's near it. Near it. Okay. So if you go to the museum, you'll pretty much be in that area. It, yeah. So there, it, the unveiling is going to be from seven to eight p.m., which I'm glad it's at night, but it's still hot outside. Yeah. I mean, unreasonably hot. But Marilyn Monroe has had a long journey here. Now mm-hmm. we'll get the not so difficult part which is the fact that a piece of plastic burned off the other day did you hear about yeah, what that? was that what was up with that so did someone set that on fire deliberately or? no they, it just got hot outside okay. it was that hot outside where wow. the plastic just burned wow and <laughs> i'm not surprised because when i go in my car and my my phone overheats in yeah, the car yeah, so yeah, no thank you yeah but the other thing is the planned protest on that same day, it's going to be from, excuse me, 6 to 7.30 at the statue base outside the Pond Springs Art mm. Museum. So there's going to be a little protest and it's going to be mostly held by the Women's Los Angeles, uh, the Women's March Foundation, the L.A. chapter, mm-hmm. along with various coalitions in the Valley, which, you know, I they will, they their argument is that they feel that this is, that the statue comes at a time where it's no longer appropriate and they say that this i'm going to quote the actual president of the foundation this particular statue the way it it is built is misogynistic we are also no longer in the 1950s there's also a me too culture going on we are demanding respect for women and public spaces which should be part of it as well and that it 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 has started some controversy and i think that Hopefully next week or in the coming weeks, we can invite someone who does believe in, who does not support the statue. But mm-hmm. I think that, I'm going to be honest, I think that I understand the reasons more so than I agree with them. I think that, like, my myself, I, I, I've read a lot about Marilyn Monroe and I am a big fan of hers. Mm-hmm. That I think that in some ways the statue, the, that moment, the seven-year itch, mm-hmm. that moment from mm-hmm. the seven-year itch, was... A positive one because her husband Joe DiMaggio had kept insisting on her not doing that scene mm-hmm. and not doing mm-hmm. it, and then that was a scene one of the few times where she actually wanted to do a scene and mm-hmm. she did it. Yeah, and she asserted her it. independence to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I view it as empowering. But I do understand that maybe I would have probably picked a scene from Bus Stop, which is her favorite movie of mm-hmm. her bunch. Mm-hmm. But no one's really seen that movie compared yeah, to like compared the Seven to, Year yeah. Itch or some like yeah. it Hot. So I'm not. I don't know. I feel like the person who has the most say is Marilyn, but I wanted to get some of your thoughts on this. Well, you know, I understand the viewpoint of people who don't like it and protesting. I I, I get that. But I have to say, I think there are much more important issues adjacent to the Me Too movement and respecting women and all that than protesting this statue. I mean, I, I just think it is... Um, 
it's somebody you know there are bigger issues it's like there are bigger fish to fry bigger issues to get upset about than that i mean i understand the basic there you know what they don't like about it um but again it was back in the 50s things were more innocent then um you know i i just don't think it's i don't think it's worth marching around outside when it's 115 degrees protesting it i you know i i don't think that it's going to change anything um I understand. I mean, I am, uh, you know, well, for women's rights, where, you know, the Me Too movement, stand up yourself, and there should no, never be any assault, and women should be paid the same. I, absolutely, 100%. Me too. I think this is a sort of a very mild uh, version when you're coming, you're talking about things that are offensive. Um, I think there are more important things to get upset about. That's and, what I think. And also, I do believe that, like, at, like everybody says, we have to understand that women are not a monolith. Of course, like different women will have different think opinions. different things. Yeah, yeah. This might be empowering to some, and might be not so empowering to others. And I think that these women have every right to protest it. And I definitely think that if you, I'm going to say this on Sunday, if you see the protesters. I would recommend if you really want to know their side, engage, talk, com- communicate with them, and don't try to dilute don't their work. Don't start screaming and yelling, but just ask, you know, have a conversation. Have yeah. a conversation and actually hear the perspective. And mm-hmm. I think that good idea. I think the discourse would be better, and I think maybe hopefully the both sides could come to an understanding in which one maybe will have a tourist attraction, but also find a way to respect and maybe mm-hmm. contextualize it. Yeah, you know, that's a great idea. All right, back with more on the Culture Corner in just a bit. listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. Hey, we're back on The Culture Corner. Hey, why don't we talk about somebody that passed away, Ned Beatty? Okay. Now, did you ever see Ned Beatty? Did, what are some movies that you like of Ned Beatty's? Or- you know, I know that... Um you know, I have to say, because I believe he was in Deliverance, wasn't he? Yes. I've never seen the whole thing. Isn't that awful? <laughs> I've seen parts of it. Never seen the whole thing. Got to rent that or something. Um, I, give me some other. I know I've seen him in some stuff, but I can't think. All the President's Men. Saw that. Network. Yeah. He was also in Superman the movie as like the incompetent um, henchman of um, Lex Luthor, played by Gene Hackman. Okay. He was in Rudy, Back to School, and he played a evil talking um, toy bear in uh, Toy Story 3. Oh, okay. He All played right. this evil talking um, teddy bear and he is so... I, I don't know. He, he's one of those people... Uh, one of those characters that I was surprised when I heard Ned Beatty's voice in it because I was like, really? Like, mm-hmm. he's doing that voice? But I actually really like... I think he's one of those actors that for the most part you probably most people probably won't hear the name and feel instant recognition but i think that he's done a lot of great work that i still think of him as someone that was very versatile the fact that he can go from playing that character in deliverance which i'm not surprised he didn't see finish all the way through because it is disturbing it mm-hmm. is a very disturbing movie yeah at to playing a corrupt network executive in network yeah so there he does a lot of great work and so i 
he for those of you who don't know he passed away at 83 in his home in los angeles for natural causes so he, he i think he's left a pretty decent legacy of movies those are actually a real surprisingly some of my favorite movies and pretty diverse i mean very versatile yeah very yeah. versatile very diverse and he's been nominated for an academy award two emmy awards and he even got nominated for an mtv movie award for best villain i'm kind of surprised about that because i was like which one and it was toy story 3 so mm. he played him being able to do all those different parts and being able to hide himself in roles is i think his best legacy so godspeed to him I and who's the other gentleman though it was on um frank bonner yeah bonner yeah he passed away as well i think he actually passed away yesterday at 79 mm-hmm. and he pl- he is famous for playing herb tarlick on the sitcom ww uh, wkrp in cincinnati which i did see a couple episodes it's actually you know i've had some people say to me it's not one of your favorite sitcoms because you work in radio and i said well you know just tell the people who run the syndication and the reruns to run it over to keep running that show because that show is very difficult on reruns because of the music rights Mm -hmm. because they always played music on that show so they never (laughs) they never have that show on reruns so i never got to connect with it as much as i wanted to but i liked it i don't know i thought he was a good actor in that Mm -hmm. from what i remember but did you ever see that show not really get just snippets you know um that's how it is for me too and He's also famous for being on Saved by the Bell, but he didn't have a big part in it. But he, you know, he still, ha- he plays Mr. Harrington, a teacher. But for the most part, I think that he's mostly just famous for WWKRP. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's there's that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, Godspeed to both of them. And yeah. I really hope, wish their families um, some peace and yeah. all that. But Absolutely. I wanted to talk about a story that I actually thought was really interesting, which was, Paris Jackson actually talks about uh, the fact that she suffered from PTSD because of the excessive paparazzi that came to her as a child Mm -hmm. and as an adult. And I wanted to say that it again, it adds to this conversation about Britney Spears and Nicole Richie and Mm -hmm. Paris Hilton, where women are constantly harassed by the paparazzi for their personal lives. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Paris Hilton, uh, um, Paris Jackson Mm -hmm. feels this way. It's actually kind of sad. So and for those of you who don't know, Paris Jackson is Michael Jackson's daughter. Daughter. Yeah. Uh, You know what? I tell you what. And I it's one of those once again reinforces to me. I mean, I'm a performer, I'm a singer, I'm an actress and all that. And I realized way, way, way back that I was probably never going to get to those kind of heights. But you know what? I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want that kind of pressure and 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 stress and just you know god and not letting i wouldn't want it god bless her i mean i just think that's a lot to deal with you know no and i agree with that especially since she was a child and i feel like for me the worst i i actually saw this video of a artist i think it was selena gomez who was outside and she actually asked the paparazzi can you please leave me alone for the day and she was very Mm -hmm. nice about it Mm -hmm. and the paparazzi said well we, we got to get paid and they mm. you let them take a picture we're competing yeah. and she's yeah. like i don't care i gotta yeah. i gotta live my life yeah yeah and i think that that's a general attitude of i understand that paparazzi need to get paid but i also feel like can you not harass these girls mm-hmm. who just honestly want to live their life especially paris jackson who i imagine her worst ptsd came from the allegations yeah and the courtroom drama and well all that's that. even worse yeah when you're when you're michael jackson's daughter and first of so 
she she didn't ask for this in the beginning. It's not like she started out. I'm going to go be an actress and be, you know, this. She just it was there. She had no choice, you know, because of who her father was, just dealing with it. And so I can imagine that. I'm sure that she, yeah, I, I, she probably needs a lot of therapy. I, I wouldn't want that. No, I wouldn't want that for no. her. And I think, in my opinion, that we're going to see more and more again of this conversation of how intrusive the media is or mm-hmm. paparazzi is on the lives of young stars and I think the eventually we have to come to that point where we have to realize are we the ones are we as the audience the ones supplying the fuel for that type of to a PTSD large degree. that's why are. you see that some of these big stars they retire to a ranch in Montana and you never see them again because they've had they've had it <laughs> there's like I've had it with that you know? that's true but hey we have a guest coming up we do right? an author yes Donna Rolfe in just a bit on the culture corner The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, it's The Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And we are back on The Culture Corner. We're now joined by an author, uh, Donna Rolfe, who has a book called Out of My Mind. And we actually uh, found Donna through Carol Tietelbaum, who was on uh, last week. Hi, Donna. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. So I'm looking at this. This this sounds like a really interesting book, a myriad of diverse topics, the roaring 20s, relationships, nature, aging, music, and many more, um, written over a span of years, filled with humor, wit, and So what made you decide to write this book? Well, I've been writing for a long, long time, and uh, I just started uh, compiling all of my different musings, and I decided to make a collection and put them in a book. (laughs) So, uh, you know, with nothing else to keep myself busy during the pandemic, that's what I went and did. So it's kind of like a little series of short little essays on different topics, basically? Yes, that's what it is. Insights and commentaries, yes. And so tell us about, so how long, when did you first start writing, and um, are you a local native to the desert? And tell me about the kind of stuff you started writing in the beginning. Well, in the beginning is way back when, when I was a little girl, and I just would make some little poems up for my mom or dad for their birthdays. And then uh, after I became a mom, I started uh, writing. I would tell my kids bedtime stories, and then at some point, I decided to start writing them down. So I actually started with the children's stories, which I have a whole slew of, and then um, I started reaching out to the topics that were going on at, at the time, and there are so many things going on, uh, so my mind just kept um, pumping me with, uh, with the other ideas, and I just started writing about the different topics, and as I was growing older, you know, I got into the aging bit, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, all the different things and uh, there were so many of them I decided why why don't I just you know put them into a book so so tell me about your very so if you have you've had several books published yes or is this is not your first book nope nope, this is my first one really wow yep 
Good for you. So now, did you self-publish or did you go through a, a, another publisher? Well, I and, and through a publisher, yeah. And so was that a was that a uh, um, a long process? I know that uh, I'm I got a book that I'm sort of sort of writing. It's taking me forever, but um, I know a lot of authors say you know they get you know 55 rejection notices before they get the first yes. Yeah. So that was that a long exactly. process? Absolutely, yes. You get lots of reje- I got lots of rejections, and uh, finally. Uh, I was able to uh, find a publisher that I could work with and that was, could work with me, and and we got it together. And, and did now does it ever when when you get rejection notices? Do they ever give you specifics? They just say no, we're not interested. This doesn't fit in with what we have, or do they say, well, you know, we like it, but we don't like this X Y Z? Do they do you get those kinds of things? And and does it ever tempt you to change anything? Are you like, no, I'll just find another publisher who likes it the way it is. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, usually they say at this particular time, what you're writing doesn't fit into our program. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a nice way of saying, forget it. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but no, I just, uh, there wasn't anything I could really change because mm-hmm. my writing is done in rhyme form. I don't consider myself a poet, but... When I write, it's just the way my mind works and my head works. I just mm-hmm. start to write, and it comes out in rhyme form. And um, that's how it is. So I just go with it. Well, I love that. So where, yeah, I do, too. So, Donna, where are you from originally? Are you, you're not, are you a desert native? No, no. I'm originally 100 years ago from Chicago. Ah, okay. What brought, what brought you out to the desert? Oh, that's a good question, because I love the water, so what did bring me mm-hmm. out to the desert? Um, well, it, it just happenstance. We happened to um, find a place here. We were ready to move, and it turned out that this was where we settled. So, uh, And so tell me about when you started writing. Did you ever, I mean, I know you started very young. Did you ever take any creative writing classes, or it just you just had a flair for it right from the beginning? No, I never took any writing classes. Uh, I didn't even know I had a... I just started writing, and uh, it just kept coming and coming. And then at some point, it was like... And even my kids would say to me, Mom, why don't you see about getting published? Mm -hmm. So um, they kind of put a bug in my bonnet, a bee in my bonnet, and I I just, you know, went into the the fray, so to speak. So... Now, did you get, when you were younger and you were writing, did you get support, like, from your parents or other family members or friends? Did they all say, hey, we, you, you know, we, th- we think you're pretty good? Did you get support early on? Well, you know, it was just, you know, they liked it. Yeah, this was nice. But it was later on when I started with these uh, musings, with my commentaries and insights, that's when people would say to me, you know, you want to have these published. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, that's when I started to get on a roll with that. And I all, I'm always curious with authors. Are you somebody that um, sits, says, "Okay, right, from uh, Monday, I'm going to sit down from ten to two and write," or do you just have ideas in, at two in the morning, or, do, or a little bit of both? It's whenever they come. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never know when it's going to happen. When, when I get an idea, and if it doesn't leave me alone, I know I need to get my pad of paper and my pen and sit down and just write. I I don't 
use the computer until after I'm all through tweaking and writing. Then I can put it on the computer. But I can't create. I, I don't create with the computer. I'm, I'm more comfortable sitting down with my you know, pen and pad, pad of paper and just letting mm-hmm. it roll. Yeah. And now would you say that are these... Um Little line essays, if we'll call them essays, is there are is there are there some of them humorous and some of them serious? Is it kind of a mixture of that kind of thing? Well, actually, the title of the book is "Out of My Mind: mm-hmm. A Collection of Wit and Wisdom." Okay. So the writings have in them they're thought provoking, they're bold, um, they're uh, insightful, they're humorous and witty, and and they're fun. And some of them are a little more serious than others, um, but it, it just depends. And now, did you have to, um, did you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds to start with and then edit and pick pick the best ones? Did you have a lot of material to choose from, or did you put pretty much everything that you sort of had at that point into the book, or did you have to weed through some things? Uh, I I had quite a number of them, and I picked and pick and choose, you know, and uh, the ones that I thought would uh, would work well in the book, uh, I, I chose those. So it wasn't a, a, I didn't I didn't have hundreds of them. Yeah, no. and how how many pages is the book? Is it a, kind of a small book or is it? It is long? a small book. I call it. It's little, but it's loaded. Okay. <laughs> It's only like seventy-five pages. Okay, but but it's got uh, it's a fun book. It's I think it's a great little coffee table book because mm-hmm. you can pick it up anytime. Uh, it's a great book to share with people uh, to give as gifts, you know. And uh, there's just a lot in it. As I said, it's little, but it's loaded. I love that. Now, so what do you have? Um, uh, uh, since you've been writing for so long, I'm sure you have yeah. other things percolating in the back of your mind. What Do you have a project, another project that you kind of want to get rolling on? I, I know you're still enjoying this book. What, now, did the book just come out? Has it just been released? It came out in February of this okay. year. Okay. Yeah. So lots of things have been happening since then. And uh, as far as my uh, other things percolating, what I would like to, to do is get um, some of these children's stories into print because mm-hmm. I, I think they're uh, a lot of them are fun, and I think kids would enjoy them. Yeah. Now, did, and you did you and I, I I may have said this I might have missed it. Did you write children's stories for your own kids when they were little? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I did. And then actually when we all got when we all got older, mm-hmm. <laughs> the kids would say to me, "Mom, you know, why don't you just sit down and put these on paper and see about, you know, publishing them?" Well, I started to write them and put them down on paper, and at some point I started to send uh some for submissions. Mm-hmm. Um that didn't work. So or or I should say I got so many rejections and the timing and all. And I just started doing my other writings and musings, and uh, and I just went with that for right now. Okay. And so, um, so where can people get your book? That's important. We get that out there. Yep. Amazon.com and all other platforms. Okay. So, uh, so is it? It's not going to be sold in actual physical bookstores like Barnes and Noble or anything like that. Maybe down the road. Yes, it should be. And actually, I think if you would call Barnes and Nobles or go in there, uh, they could pro- they would order it for you. Okay, super. And so, who is your who is your publisher? Who did you end up going with? Uh, I went with the uh, Title Bomb Publishing, and oh. they're my publishers. Okay. okay. 
Great. Yes, Carol, we had Carol, Carol on, I think it was last week. Um, excellent. And um, so have you ever thought about actually doing an, a full-length adult novel? Is that something that you thought about? I thought about it, and it's it's in there somewhere uh, at some point in time. Uh, that might be something I'll do. Uh, well, right now I'm, you know, just concentrating on this. And so, are you? Do you have book signings scheduled in in, in town anywhere coming up? Um, well, at some point, I am going to get in touch with some of the bookstores and find out about doing some readings or signings. Good, good. I think yeah. that's important. So what advice would you have? You know, there a lot of people say, gosh, will I write? Or I have, a, I think I have a book in my head. And a lot of people that say that. Very few people, I think, ever really follow through. But what advice would you have for somebody who's listening to this, who's thinking, gosh, you know, I write a little bit. I've got all those little things, scripts, scraps of paper, notebooks, you know. What advice would you give somebody who's got some stuff in the back drawer and thinking about it? Well, stop thinking about it and just go do it. you got to start, you know, knocking on the doors, uh, sending out submissions, just, uh, you know, no matter how many rejections you get, I uh, just got to keep at it. I, hey, didn't J.K. Rowling, didn't she have, what, 26 oh, rejections? Oh, a lot. A lo- oh, she had tons. people must be kicking themselves. Yeah, and she was, in, she was like starving, I think, living in her car or something. No, I know. When the, I know. When Incredible. The f- yeah, so... Uh, you know, don't let rejection stop you. Just if you think you've got something that you'd like to get out there and you want to share, just keep on keeping on. Now, do you have uh, other people in your family, your kids, anybody else a, a, a literary orient, oriented uh, as far as writing? My, yeah, one of my daughters is, is a writer. She doesn't have anything published as yet, but she uh, she is an excellent writer and she's working on some stuff right now. Do you give her any advice? If she asks for it, I do. <laughs> I try not to give it if it's not asked for. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'm, I've got to get this book. I love this title, Out of My Mind, A Collection of Wit and Wisdom, uh, Topics, The Roaring Twenties, Relationships, Nature, Aging, Music, and Many More, um, A Life full of, Filled with Bold Adventures. What's the, Real quick, what's the biggest, boldest adventure you ever had? Can you give us oh. in a short version? Well, one of them was that I took flying lessons and I soloed, and uh, that was an amazing thing for me because I was up there and wondering, what the hell am I doing up in this plane all alone? (laughs) Good for you. Wow. Yeah. But but I did it, and I'm glad I did it, and it was fun. Well, good for you. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was one of the adventures, and I've had, you know, many more. Well, all right, Donna Rolfe, the book is Out of My Mind, a collection of wit and wisdom. You can get it at Amazon.com and all platforms, and hopefully down the road, also at Barnes & Noble. We may be hearing about some book signings. Thank you so much for being with us. What a joy to talk to you. Thank you for inviting me. Congratulations and future success. All right, we'll be back with more on The Culture Corner in just a moment. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. So In the Heights, now that has recently been turned into a movie. So for those of you who 
don't know in the heights in the heights is this mega six i wouldn't say mega successful but relatively successful musical mm-hmm. uh, mu- with music and lyrics by lin Mar- manuel miranda and from what i remember i think it tr- it first premiered in 2005 in waterford and then became a t- in 2008 a broadway show mm-hmm. so the show did it win some tonys i think it won I think some it, tonys yeah, yeah I think it did. It, it got nominated for 13 Tonys and it won four of them. Okay. So I think from my understanding, it won best musical, best original score, best choreography and best orchestrations and then best sound design. And then Lin-Manuel Miranda himself was nominated for best. Um, well, he won for best original score, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he was nominated for best leading actor. And he was actually the lead when it first came out. Now, now that he's in the, now that the movie came out, even though he still consults and all that, he's not the director, but he is still someone who's very actively involved in that property. Mm-hmm. So even today, you can still see him as sort of like the creator, that mind behind yeah. the musical. And you have seen this musical before, have you? I saw, uh, it was C- I believe it was COD. This has been, you know, a while. Nine, oh. ten years, or whatever. <laughs> but I saw a live version of it. It was very quite good, actually. And for those of you who don't know, for the most part, In the Heights follows the lives of a group of various characters in the largely Dominican community of Washington Heights in Upper Manhattan, New York. And it just follows them trying to live their lives as both migrants and first mm-hmm. generation uh, kids mm-hmm. trying to sort of live their life and trying to understand things and right. complications of being uh, Dominican, uh, Dominican, Latino in mm-hmm. New York and so for the most part it, it was a hit and I and there have always been those critiques of it that you know it's about Dominican people mm-hmm. but, but then it doesn't have dark skinned Dominican people mm-hmm. like it's always been very like let's get Puerto Rican actors or get non-Dominican actors to play those parts and for the most part Dominic, uh, the uh, for the most part a lot of Dominican folks are darker skinned you mm-hmm. know that they are more leaning towards black than brown mm-hmm. and so there's always been this criticism and now the movie came out and Lynn Monroe Miranda is kind of taking a step back with it saying that he does apologize for the fact that in the actual film that there's not enough black representation with the Latino actors and I do want to iterate to our audience that being Latino and black are not separate things you can be black and latino mm-hmm. just like how you could be a black mexican yeah you know? yeah a lot of mixing can be a number of things yeah and so for the most part Lin- a lot of criticism was thrown at you know that he didn't feature enough black actors in the story and it's been this conversation and even marita moreno who i love actually had to take a step back too because she said on there that she was on she was doing an interview and she said They'll nev- they're never happy. We He has opened up the gates for a lot of Latino actors and actresses to come in and perform, but they're never happy. And then she took a step back and actually said, you know what? In hindsight, they're right. Like, mm-hmm. even though he opened the gate for some Latino people, there's still some people out there that just aren't getting through. Mm-hmm. And even Lynn Mar- Mar- how he's <laughs> Lynn Manuel Miranda. It's, Lynn, it's, it's a tongue twister. Yeah, Lynn Manuel Miranda. He actually said in an interview, "I'm truly sorry. I'm learning from the feedback. I thank you for raising it. I'm listening," because he did say that you know, yeah, you're right. I didn't have enough Afro Latinos, especially mm-hmm. for a story about Dominican right. individuals. And so, as Latino myself, I, I'm not Afro Latino, but I've always been very 
I've been very receptive to In the Heights, and I've even West Side Story. Like I have my issues with West Side Story, but I still love it, right? Because mm-hmm. it still feels like, you know, like it, it still feels like a story that I connect with because it has Latino actors in it. And In the Heights, I think there's this higher standard for it because of the fact that it is about the Latino characters rather than West Side Story, which is about the conflict between a Latina girl. Uh, the relationship between a Latino girl and a, wh- a white character mm-hmm. and it's that love story and it's Romeo and Juliet so that in that case I don't connect with it as much because mm-hmm. the Latino characters they're depicted far more aggressively in West Side Story whereas in, in the Heights it, you have villains you have heroes you have a w- rich characters mm-hmm. so I understand there's more pressure on that show to be more accurate than I'm sure West Side Story when that comes out no one's going to say anything about lack of afro latinos because they're probably like you know what it's outdated for different reasons we don't have to um critique it for the one reason that it might not be best at i just want to say the thing that i appreciate and admire about both in this whole story rita moreno and lynn manuel is acknowledging being able to listen to the viewpoint of some people in critiques and say and say, hmm, you know what? You might have a point, and uh, you know, maybe next time to at least acknowledge. I mean, we're ever we're evolving. We're all evolving. You know, uh, you know. I don't like the word political correctness, but but respect for differences in people, whether it's you know gender, sexual preference, uh, heritage, whatever it is. Acknowledging that everyone wants to be seen and heard and recognized for who they are and we're all evolving and people make mistakes and it's moved slowly sometimes it moves slowly to get to the point where we're inclusive but at least have them both say you know what you're right and this we need to do better next time i think that's great i have great respect for that no i definitely have respect for miranda and moreno because i, th- I think i have a lot of respect for moreno especially because she had a knee-jerk reaction to it and then she decided you know what i'm gonna apologize because i think her apology was very sincere Mm -hmm. and i i'm not saying this apology is for me because i'm for the most part i'm latino but i'm considered i'm a light-skinned latino so Mm -hmm. i i will see more movies with my skin tone and Mm -hmm. my Mm -hmm. experiences than let's say someone like i i dated i'm dating i dated someone who's Mm afro-latino they won't get to experience that Mm -hmm. sort of thing as often and yeah with something like Pose, for example, the TV show, they yeah. have Afro-Latinos, and I love the fact that they have their lives and they have like successes and failures, and I think that that's great. And in the Heights, I think a lot of people felt this could have been an opportunity to be inclusive. And in the case of like, there, there are certain issues, like there was an Afro-Latino actor and their mom in the movie is played by a non-Afro-Latino actress. So I think that they make a lot of mistakes. And when mm-hmm. the Broadway show comes on, people critique me for saying this, but I, I do have an issue when they have non-Latino actors in the parts of that musical because I feel like it because I feel like a lot of theater companies make the mistake of darkening the skin. And mm-hmm. I, I don't really like that, to be yeah. honest with you. And the musical itself, it's because it's so good that people wanted to do better. Mm-hmm. And it's a great and from what I saw, I didn't see the whole movie. But I saw a glimpse of it because I wanted because I haven't had the chance to see it. Yeah, it looks great. I mm-hmm. think it looks marvelous. And so, you know, like you said, we got to evolve and improve. Sometimes it takes a while, but at least let's move forward and forward and forward. But being able to listen and be open-minded about yes, maybe further changes still need to be made is great. Yeah, and the idea isn't to exclude light-skinned Latinos, to but include everyone as much as possible. Exactly. Yeah. 
And in the case of Miranda and Moreno, acknowledging that there's always imperfections we in your work. We can always do better. And yeah. Exactly. And who knows, maybe next project, Miranda will have far more representation. I bet he will. Hopefully. I but bet he will. Hey, we have a guest coming up. Yeah, in oh, yes. Next Kitty Murray Walensky talking about a big hot cabaret show this week, and she's fabulous. She'll be up in just a bit on the Culture Corner.